0: You found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. In sharing Jesus around the world, and you have proven to be such a great partner, and especially during this uh, COVID season, uh, when uh, we all traveled a very uncertain road, (laughs) I guess we would say, and you are so faithful to continue your support of folks around the world Thank you for being so faithful. And actually, during COVID, world renewal uh, grew immensely. Uh, When I was here before COVID, I told you we served in over 30 countries around the world. After COVID, we serve in 51 countries around the world. And financially, we were the most healthy we've ever been, was during and after COVID. And that means that people were faithful. God was so faithful. And we continue to grow. I I, I choose to tell you one story that we're dealing with right now. Most of us have had the experience of working hard in a project or something and then the person that we worked for didn't pay us. Have you had that happen to you? Uh, most of us have had something like that happen. One of the situations that we deal with around the world is social justice. Uh, prejudice against uh, skin color, ethnic groups is not just a problem here that we face are facing in the United States. It's a human problem globally. And COVID and the struggle that it causes, has caused economically has affected those who are not in sociological or or, or government power. One of our situations, and I can't give you the name, although I know it, and I can't give you the country, although I know it exactly, the location. A group of people are part of a, a nation that we would label persecuted country. In other words, it's illegal to convert someone uh, to be a Christ follower like most of us in this room are. And (sighs) slavery has been illegal uh, just a short period of time in this country. And the lesser group (laughs) sociologically are desert dwellers and they take care of those who've been uh, in charge, <laughs> they take care of their uh, their herds and, and cattle and sheep and goats and all that sort of thing. And they worked really hard during the COVID period and then were not paid. What do you do when you have babies that need milk? Uh, that need fed and you've worked really hard and then your boss didn't pay you. That's what we're dealing with. And one of the pastors in the desert dwellers um, said, you know what would really help is if we could donate to families a female sheep that was expecting a lamb and then the first female lamb born will give that family would give to another family and that provides hope that provides opportunity to take care of oneself uh, that's just a problem and challenge that we have faced over just the last few weeks and it really is a ministry that this church already supports but this is a new problem that we are facing the problem of prejudice is a problem we have been facing (laughs) since we began since the human race so I just want you to know that there's that kind of thing going on and you're already a part of because that particular pastor who asked that was already a part of what you support. But that's the kind of thing you're involved in, whether you knew it or not. And so God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your partnership. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow said, Listen, my children, and you shall hear the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 1775, the warning was that the enemy was coming by land or sea, a voice in the darkness, a knock on the door, And a word that shall echo forevermore. The hurrying hoofbeats of that steed and the midnight message of Paul Revere. Uh, Many of us remember that poem by Longfellow from our history classes or maybe you are a historian yourself. The midnight ride of Paul Revere um, actually took place. He, he rode a borrowed horse from John Larkin. And John Larkin was a local merchant in Massachusetts. And we think that the best horse that John Larkin had to loan to Paul Revere. Paul Revere didn't own any horses, but he was a great rider. And we think that, that the horse was brown beauty. <laughs> but it was a borrowed horse. I can think of another messenger who borrowed that which he rode. And you can too. I see you nodding and see your recognition. It was a borrowed young donkey that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And the people sang his name. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He brought a message that will change lives throughout time. And through eternity is our destination. By the way, he's coming back again. And he won't be riding a borrowed young donkey. He will be coming for his church and for his people. And if you're listening carefully, you can hear the hoofbeats. Of our Savior returning. <laughs> you know, I grew up in a little country church. I, I grew up in several country churches. Now, country churches, if you grew up in a country church, they're, they're kind of different. You know, my dad was pastor of those churches. And and in and, 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 and country churches, yeah, they are different. You see, um, they just do things different. They're much more informal than most of our congregations today. And I, I grew up in a country church not very far from here. And there are certain things that you just kind of learn about people. Uh, I, I I just went to church, not just Sunday morning, but Sunday night. And Wednesday night, I went to youth group. I went to Sunday school, so that meant I... I, I went twice on Sunday morning, you know, because, you know, that's what you did. And my little country church, believe it or not, when I went to Sunday school as a kid, we had a sandbox in our Sunday school room, and we had a flannelgraph board, and they told the Bible stories on the flannelgraph board while the re- we kids we played in the sandbox. It was white Medusa sand. It was awesome absolutely awesome and but one of the things that we did on Wednesday nights they called it prayer meeting but it, it, it we didn't pray very much it was mostly bible study and they would pick a passage of scripture and everybody in the room they would go around the room and one you would read one verse now it was interesting culturally that there was a gentleman there that came Sunday morning, Sunday night. His wife was a Sunday school teacher. Uh, he, he, so he came to Sunday school, Sunday morning worship, Sunday night church, and then Wednesday night uh, prayer meeting Bible study. But if you ask him if he's a Christian, he'd say no. And yet he was in church at least three times a week. But he, he, he claimed not to be a Christian. His wife was a Sunday school teacher. And we kids learned, you know, it was a big deal on Wednesday night. If you were a kid, you got to read a verse out loud in church. Somehow I felt like that was a big deal, and some others did too. So, you, but, but you knew the old farmer, he was there but he wasn't going to read a verse of scripture so when it came to him if you were on the other side of him you knew don't wait on him to read the scripture cuz he's not going to so you, it was your turn okay and, and everybody knew and understood that he was quiet he was a faithful provider for his family a hard working farmer now, when we would have spatial events where God was moving in the congregation and people were making a decision to follow Jesus, we would all pray for that old farmer because we liked him. He was a nice guy. And we prayed for the day that he would give his life to Christ. And when we had those spatial events or we would have times when people would come to Christ, we all wanted to see him come to Christ. But he always resisted. I remember as a young man outdoors, my daddy, he li- this old farmer liked my daddy, and out in the yard of the church, Next to the big tree, my daddy one day talked to this farmer and encouraged him to give his life to Christ. I stood nearby and listened. I was just a young boy. The old man didn't say much except no. I'll never forget as a teenager, towards the end of my dad's pastorate in that congregation. We had a special speaker, and God really used that man. He was a great uh, pastor and speaker. Throughout his lifetime, he'd won so many people to Christ. And when he preached in our little country church, there was a Sunday morning when all across the front here, there were people kneeling and praying, apologizing to God for their sin, Asking for forgiveness. And it was kind of, people were praying, and that's what they were focusing on. Uh, And we were singing a song, and it was something like the song, like, Just As I Am, or whatever. And I saw my daddy go down the side of the church. Now, one of the unusual things about that country church is that it had... Pews that set with the back against the wall. And we kids like to sit in that, you know, because you could watch everybody else, you know, especially we preachers' kids. And, and I sat in one of those right across from the old farmer. And my daddy slipped in beside the old farmer, put his arm around him. And talked to him and begged him to give his life to Christ. I watched the old farmer. I watched tears roll down his cheeks and splash onto the back of the pew that he was holding on so tightly to. I watched the tears splash onto the pew. And after my dad pleaded with him and talked to him, I saw the old farmer shake his head, no. My dad put his head down and walked back up to the platform and prayed with folks, and we went home. It wasn't long after that that a skunk came up around the barn, the old farmer farmed and he went out over the hill with the shotgun to take care of that had a heart attack and died to my knowledge this man who went to church three times a week who was begged to give his heart to Christ to my knowledge he never did unless I knew none of his children Attend church today. The decisions we make. Jesus told a similar story. You've been in a series about parables and understand this is the last parable of that series. This is the story Jesus told on his way to Jerusalem. On his way to Calvary, what we call the travel narratives in Luke. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, what can I do? My barn isn't big enough for the harvest. And then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And then I'll gather all my grain and goods and I'll say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made and you can retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Just then, God showed up, and he said, Fool, tonight you die, and your barn full of goods, who gets it? Jesus said, that's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. That's amazing story. In fact, two amazing stories. Two, two farmers who did well. But did not prepare to meet their God in eternity. Did not prepare to meet God in eternity. Now, this third story that I'm going to tell you is really true. I've gone back to the family and verified the facts of this story. I have people come up to me and say, did you make this story up? No, I did not. I lived it. I experienced it. I was speaking out west, and I was speaking in a camp meeting. Um, probably some of you don't know what a camp meeting is because you're too young. How many of you know what a camp meeting is? It it, it was a great historical part of the church in the, the 17, 18, and 1900s. Not so much in this century. But they would build auditoriums that would be used just for multi-church gatherings. And there would be preaching, singing, and usually it lasted at least a week. And on Sunday, there may be four or five services and if you were a kid, you thought, this is never going to end. Uh, and I've been a part of those, and I have... It, it was a great time of people coming to Christ, people being spiritually revived uh, as Christians. It, it, was, it was a great uh, happening. And I was preaching one of those. And I, I remember I gave... An invitation for people to receive Christ. And we were singing a song of invitation. And there were people at the altar praying to receive Christ. And I watched one old gentleman walk back. And he, he came alongside a man sitting there in the congregation. And I knew what he was doing. He was trying to encourage that old man to give his life to Christ. And the old man just ignored the other man talking to him, you know, and I could tell it made him mad. Now, how did I know it made the man mad? Because his face turned red. And even in the nighttime uh, camp meeting, I could see the redness of his face. He was angry. And, and so I said to someone after the, you know, I said, uh, ask, I inquired about him, who he was. And they, they described a man who was notorious for not following God and being somewhat of a social troublemaker, uh, and he was just really ornery. And yet he was also likable at times. I knew the family. You see, his family had actually pioneered one of the churches in that community that sponsored that camp meeting. And, and later on, I was speaking in that church. And, you know, it was my wife and I and our four children who, who traveled across this nation when we first started World Renewal. And we would hold services like that. And I was in this little, literally, country church, not close to anything. It wasn't the end of the earth, but you could see it from there. And and it was that kind of situation. And and they didn't have, that time we lived in the homes wherever we were doing ministry. Uh, Churches would have, and they didn't have a home where all six of us could stay. Uh, And so they they. Put my children in in one place, uh, some of them, and then my wife and I and the younger ones someplace else. It was actually that old man's sister's house we were staying at. You see, all of his family were great followers of Jesus, missionaries too, except for him. He'd always resisted being a Christian. And as I took my children to the other place for them to stay, I had to pass the church on the, on the dirt road out west. And as I approached the church, the Lord spoke to me, I thought, and he whispered, tomorrow is that guy's day. day. And he, only the name. Tomorrow is his day. Go after him. Now, I thought I understood what it meant when I heard the Lord say, tomorrow is his day, a day of salvation, a day of him coming to Christ. But I did not understand the second part of that, go after him. Because if I knew something about you this morning, and you came and sat in the congregation And I decided I'm going to go after him or her. And I'm going to say things I know about you. I would not do that. Now, if the Lord revealed something to me, honey, you're in trouble. But if I knew through normal human circumstances, I couldn't do that. And so go after him. That didn't make sense, Isaiah. You know, I wouldn't do that. The next morning when church started, he wasn't there. The old man. But he did come in late, and he sat next to his godly wife. He was now in his mid-80s and had resisted all that time. The message that day was very similar to the message of today. Have you prepared for eternity? Have you prepared for that fact that one day all of us are going to stand before God and be held accountable for the way you and I have lived? That's what the Bible teaches. And the message that day was about that. It was about what these two stories they've been talking about have you prepared to meet your God? And as I shared that message, Isaiah this is not good about me as a preacher. I looked back and the old man was sound asleep. My preaching had brought rest for the weary, I guess. But it wasn't helping his spiritual condition. And I remember standing up there thinking, now he was sitting way back over here. In fact, there's empty seats over there. That's where he would have sat. That's where he was sitting. And I thought, oh my. This is his day. And I put him to sleep. He's sleeping through it. What am I going to do? I remember the, the, the direction. Go after him. Now that made sense. He needed to get awake. Literally. Now, this was before cordless mics, like what I'm speaking on here. But I always made sure, now this is back when I could walk. And I walked a lot when I preached. And so I headed that direction. And to be honest, I was telling the story that I first told you about the farmer who told my daddy no. And you see, that's the same area geographically that... The old farmer sat in, and where I was sitting on the side pew, right. And, and so I went back there where this gentleman was sitting, sound asleep. And I thought maybe if, if physically I was right there on top of him, it would wake him up. Except, Bob, I really put him to sleep. And even though I was standing over him, it didn't wake him up. Now, I'm, you know, what do I do? You know, I thought, well, if I just talk a little louder, maybe it'll wake him up. So I talked louder, but it didn't wake him up. I thought, well, I'll get a little closer and kind of hover over him. I didn't work either. Now, I promise you, I did not kick him. But I took a step back, and he was sitting right on the end of the wooden pew, and I just started kicking that pew while I was telling the story. And all at once, I don't know, there was a vibration off of me kicking, I don't know. But all at once, he woke up, and there, he, there I was on top of him, you know, And I think it startled him and he woke up and he, you know, it must have been a good shot of adrenaline there. And he stayed awake the rest of the time. There was no more sleeping. And I went back and I finished. And, you know, it was one of those times that morning, it was such a serious time in that little church. And I remember saying things like, If you're not right with God, do not leave this room. If if you're not ready to stand before God and, and be accountable for the way you've lived, if there's sin in your life, do not leave this room. Take care of it. Come and ask God to forgive you. Confess your sin. Apologize to him. I said that as many different ways as I knew how. And actually before I got to the point of actually at the end of the service inviting people, people just started getting up and coming to the altar to pray. And pretty soon the altar was full of people. And and it was just kind of a atmosphere where you thought, man, if you're not right with God, don't leave this room. And I saw two young guys, on the back row, they were either getting ready to be teenagers or they were already early teenagers. And they had a look on their face like, oh, my. (laughs) And I I felt for them. I'd been in those situations myself. And nobody was really paying attention to me anymore. They were all praying at the altar. People were busy. And I walked back to those two young men. And I said to them, is God speaking to you today? And they both said yes. And they had tears rolling down their cheeks. I said, do you need to ask God to forgive you? And they said yes. I said, would you like to go to the altar and pray? And they both said, yes. I said, I'd be glad to go with you. And so we started down this side of the auditorium. I was following them, and they came down where we prayed with them. But about midway down the aisle, I heard something over here. And I turned and I looked, and their grandfather was standing in front of the old man who was Their grandfather, but it was their grandfather's, it was their great grandfather, but their grandfather was standing in front of his daddy and he was pleading with him to come and give his life to Christ, even in his mid 80s. And as I look that way, to my shock, I have to confess, The old man stepped out into the aisle, walked down, and knelt right there. And after I'd prayed with his great grandsons, nobody was praying with them. I he was the kind of guy that you were kind of scared of him, you know? And nobody was praying with him. And I thought, this is this day somebody needs to pray with him. And, you know, he and I had never had much of a conversation. So, but I went over and I began to pray with him as he struggled to find peace in his heart that he was forgiven for 84 years of sin. Finally, he had Peace. And he said to me, I need to get up. My knees are killing me. I wasn't surprised. It was hardwood floor, no carpet right there. So I helped the old man, and he he stood up, and he turned around and sat right there. On the way up, I said, you know, if you'd done this earlier, it wouldn't have hurt so bad. I shouldn't have said that, but I did. And, uh, And he sat right there. And I looked at the congregation, which would be you, if you had been there. The whole place was in shock. They couldn't believe that the old man had given his life to Christ. Couldn't believe it. It it was shocking. I mean, 84 years had gone by. He had been in church all of his life, and he'd never, ever done this. And a few people gave witness to what God had done In their life that morning. And. (laughs) And there was an elderly lady. She was about the same age as him. Sitting on the front row. And after a little while. She called him by name. And she said. Do you know what today is? And you could tell he didn't have a clue. What she was after. She called him by name. She says, today's your mama's birthday. And he smiled. He said, that's right. And then she said something I'll never forget ever. She said, you know, the last time your mama was in this church before she died, she knelt right there, and I knelt with her. And I heard her pray right there where you just knelt that someday God, that my son would give his life to Christ. Ask forgiveness of sin. And then the old lady flew back her head and just laughed out loud and said, how about that? And on your mama's birthday, for those of you who have a child or a grandchild that you prayed for for years, don't ever give up. The goal is that you would meet them on the streets of heaven in eternity. In Hebrews chapter 9, it says, For it is appointed to man once to die, and after this, the judgment. That's what the scripture says. We know we're all going to die. And most of us prayed it wouldn't be during COVID. But we lost some precious folks. Because death is a reality, as it's part of the human experience. But also, as part of the human experience, the Bible teaches clearly that we're all going to stand before God. Look at the scripture, look at it. And after that comes the judgment. I want to encourage you today. Don't leave this room with any sin in your life. Don't. There's no reason for it. Because Jesus died on Calvary that all of us could have forgiveness of sin. I don't care what sin you've committed. I have prayed with those who've taken other people's lives. I have prayed with those who've committed adultery. I have prayed with those who have stolen things. I have prayed with those who have not told the truth and been deceitful. And this preacher has had to confess his sins in order to be forgiven. It's very simple. It's not confusing. Jesus wanted no one to be lost in eternity. And so the most well-known verse on earth of the Bible is what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that no one would perish, so that no one would be lost in eternity, but that all would have eternal life and have heaven. I want to ask you today, anything in your life that would keep you out of heaven? No reason to have that since God has provided a way for you to be totally forgiven. And he says, when I forgive, that sin is, it's gone as far as the east is from the west. I bury it and I choose to remember it no more. That's his promise. I don't care whether you're four or five years old. That's when I received Christ. Or whether like you're the gentleman I just described. He was 84. You know, the next time I saw him, he was in a nursing home. He'd had a stroke. And he couldn't talk. He regained the ability to talk. And those two boys on the back row, his great-grandsons, that little country church that I just described, one of those boys is the pastor this morning preaching the gospel. And he had so many good days with that great-grandfather in the nursing home before he passed away. When we sing, God is good, He really is. He knows how to finish a story. He knows how to have a good ending. If we give him a chance. I want to encourage you today. Do your loved ones know you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Do they know where you stand with him? Don't have them someday gather around your casket and not know where you were with Jesus Christ. Apologize to the Lord. Invite him to be the Lord of your life. We're going to take a moment, and if you need to apologize to him, do it. Is there anything that would keep in your life that would keep you out of heaven? Don't hang on to it. Ask for God's forgiveness. Tell him right now, let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. It's less distracting. The bowed head shows respect to him. Say, God, I need you to forgive sin that's in my life. Please. I don't want to do that anymore. I need your help. Tell him how you feel. Lord, I know you're listening to us. We apologize for sin. We ask your forgiveness. Please forgive us. We're ashamed of some of the things we've done. Please forgive us. And help us to live in your strength to overcome those choices we've made. If God is speaking to you today and you just prayed an apologetic prayer, if you just ask his forgiveness, it shouldn't be something you're ashamed of. He said that. Don't be ashamed of me. Would you just make a step of recognition by just raising your hand and saying, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. Okay. You don't have to leave it up. Just let me know. Anyone else? Let's be honest. Okay. All right. All right. Anyone else? Yep. This is between you and the Lord, but he asked me to bring the message. Anyone else? Just raise your hand and say, I prayed that prayer. Could we stand? Everyone stand. I want you to know, and I'm not trying to trick anyone. I'm not trying to be deceitful in any way. But this thing of following Jesus Christ is something we're not supposed to be. A, it's not supposed to be a secret. We're supposed to be proud of it. And uh, you know, we—it's not newsbreak that everybody in this room has sinned. Okay, we all have. But it ought to be a great celebration when we choose to seek forgiveness, apologize to him, and become a follower of him. I I just wonder if there's anyone here today who would come and have let me pray with you, and let's pray together around the front here. Because it's a great way to let everybody know I prayed the prayer. I'm following Jesus for the rest of my life. And there's some of us here, I know, that didn't raise your hand, but you recommitted some things to Jesus during this time we've had together. Uh, it, it makes the church healthy when we let each other know, God's been talking to me, and I've made some new commitments, and i made some new choices, and I'm not ashamed of it. It helps the whole church body be healthy. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you, along with those who raised their hands, to come, and let's have a wonderful prayer together. Would you do that? Anybody willing to step out and say, Gary, let's pray together here at the end? Anyone willing to do that? Yeah. And just come and stand and, and just say, I'm not ashamed of, of the choices I've made this morning. Yeah, just come and stand. It, 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 this is wonderful. Just don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. This, this is something to be proud of. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else made commitments this morning that maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you're proud of what you're doing with the Lord? Just just step out and come so we can pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for speaking to us today. And Lord, we thank you for those who are not ashamed to step out here and say in front of all, I am following Jesus with my life. He's forgiven me of my sin. I've asked. He's done it. He's forgiven me. Bless the name of Jesus. And I say to those in the front and those of you who raised your hand, bless you in the name of Jesus. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Isaiah, thank you for letting me share today. Thank you, Living Streams, for being such a great partner.